Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Susan Binney. She is a three-time international best-selling author, a motivational speaker, a mindset, empowerment, and storytelling coach. I am so happy to have you here, Susan. Thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. It is my pleasure and my honor. It's been a little bit since we've seen each other, so it's nice to see you again and have you here. I am so excited and so looking forward to jumping in and sharing all about your story and your journey. So with that being said, let's do just that. Now, you wear these hats that I mentioned, but you also wear quite a few other hats. And can I just say, wow, it's an exhausting thing just looking at it and seeing all your titles (laughs) as I was looking through your bio. It's a hell of a lot of hats you wear and quite an extensive resume. So I'm curious, how on earth do you find the time for all of this? And how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization to you? Yeah. So how do I find the time? First of all, I want to say that I'm a mom. I'm a stepmom. I have a blended family. I survived 18 years of teenage girls. So that in itself, <laughs> That's right? a good training ground. <laughs> that in itself is a, is a good training ground of juggling. And yes. so I really looked at what do I want my life to look like? And so on top of all that, I'm a caregiver. My, Of course, of my kids, I've got children with disabilities. My husband has PTSD. And so really juggling the business and the training and all of the hats that I wear isn't that difficult. For some people, it might be a huge challenge. But for me, it's just become part of my life. It's part of who I am and what I do. It's very commonplace for me. I'm a lifelong learner. And just when I think I've learned all I need to learn and I've got all I need to do, I'm serving those I'm meant to serve. Something else comes along and it's okay. Here's an opportunity. I got to learn this too. I've got to jump into this as well. So It's really just about what do you want your life to look like and and how do you jump into that on a daily basis to make it happen? And so with you wearing so many hats and titles and all of the things that you do, what does your morning routine look like? Hell. (laughs) (laughs) Put it plain and simple. It looks like hell. Actually, it used to be more chaotic than what it is now. And I had a health scare last year and life was getting lost. So I'd get up in the morning, I'd have calls, I'd do my coaching calls. Usually I would start with meditation before my calls. Sometimes I'd do a call and then meditation, depending on when I got up. And in that process, I realized I was losing my husband and the relationship I had with him. And so now my morning is very simple. I get up, I do a little bit of journaling, and then I go in the kitchen and wake my husband if he's not up. We've got this understanding that if he's up first, he wakes me. And if I'm up first, 
I wake yeah. him, we have breakfast together, and we usually play a game of cards or a board game or something just to connect. And I find that if I don't do that in the morning, that grounding activity, regardless of what that is for anyone out there that's listening, if you don't have that, here's my day and here's my structure and this is grounding. I don't know about you, but for me, I, I run through my day and it's like five in the afternoon and I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay, I forgot to breathe. And so I do my breathing and I, I have my game with my husband. I have that connection because sometimes I don't then connect with him again until later in the evening. So that really helps me ground and connect. That's, oh. that's pretty much my day. That's how it starts. That's how it ends with my husband. Beautiful. I would love to know, what were you doing for a living before making the jump into entrepreneurship? And what was the catalyst for that shift for you? I worked for a not-for-profit, Heart and Stroke Foundation of Canada. It was one of the top health organizations. I was a fund development coordinator slash memorial coordinator slash reception, if need be, slash you name it. Holy shit. The hats were there, right? I also did my manager's job. I went out and did special (laughs) events. So the, the running is just there. And the catalyst to change is an interesting one because I started the Heart and Stroke Foundation 18 years before I was laid off. And I was there thinking that was my be all end all was going to be there until I retired. I'm on the Freedom 99 plan. So chances are I would have been there for the rest of my life. But I was laid off, downsized, no fault of my own. And it was an interesting time because it's like, although I was laid off, there was still this immediacy of change within the organization. And it was sort of a top-down change from national right through to local. And I had this don't let the door hit you on the way out mentality. And it was let's get her out quick and then we'll bring her back to collect her stuff and minimize the goodbyes and minimize all that. So I came home and basically had to admit to my family that I lost my job. Yeah. And although it wasn't fault of mine, I felt devastated. I had to say to them, well, I lost my job and I I don't think it was my fault, but I'm sure I did something. I'm sure there was something that caused it. And so that really, it was a hard time. It was a lot of grief. And it took me a while to realize that worst day of my life actually turned into the best day of my life because now I get to do what I do on a daily basis. And the empowerment of women and the speaking from stages and everything that I do, I love. And although I love the work I did before, it wasn't serving me in the way I'm served now. It's funny the way the universe works, right? Because sometimes when we're in the situations and those shitty things happen to us and we think, oh my God, the world's ending. This is the worst thing that could possibly happen. But when you take a step back and sit with it for a minute, not literally a minute, but when you sit with it, you realize, wait a minute, this was the best fucking thing that could have ever happened to me. There's so many gifts in this. And that's another thing that we need to start to do, I think, is when we do get into any situation where it's a bad situation, it doesn't matter, good or bad, we need to be able to take a step back and look at it and say, okay, what was the gift here? What was the lesson here? What can I take away from this situation? And we don't do that. We don't slow down enough to take the time to do it. So I think that's something that we all could learn to put into practice for ourselves. It would help shift a lot of things for us, I think. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's really that, what is the outcome? What, what, what is it that we want on, yeah. a, on a daily, on a weekly, on a monthly? And how do we shift that? I was working for the Heart and Stroke Foundation and I was stuck in this whole idea of, I can't do anything else. I've got the flexibility and I've got the change and I've got, and, I, and I'm there for my kids and I'm there for the, my pension and I'm there for, 
I can't change this life. So when life said to me, yeah, you are changing, you, you can do this and you're doing it you now. You are going to do it. Right? It was <laughs> you like, have a choice. <laughs> okay. And we do jump into those things. And I think that's so often the, the scary, ooh, we got to make this change. Yeah. But when life smacks us in the face and says, you're making this change and you're going in this direction and just be present and, and go, we just have to rise to the occasion and just do it. That's it for sure. Susan, what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and excelling at all that you do? If you'd asked me that a year ago, I would have said something probably much different than I am going to now. My health, my life, my family, those out there that I'm meant to serve, and they come last right now. Mm. And it's an interesting concept because my clients came first so that I could make the money to support my family, to support me, I came last. Get a health scare, and all of a sudden, well, I come first. So my driving force is to make sure that I am living to the fullest potential of the life that I can live and in turn help those I'm meant to help. So I get up every morning and say, okay, what is my day going to look like? Funny story. At one point I woke up and I said to my husband, honey, you know what? If I don't do anything today, it's not going to matter to anyone on the planet. Maybe you, mm -hmm. maybe me, maybe some of the people out there that I haven't booked calls with, but I can just do nothing and it's not going to matter. Yeah. So why am I doing it? And he looked at me and said, what's the alternative? <laughs> oh, of course. So it was in that moment that I realized that driving force has to be, what do I want my life to look like? And what am I doing to achieve that? What do other people that enter into my world, my clients, my family, my friends, what is their life going to look like? And how do I help them to get there? So that's, that's powerful. That's really it. I want to jump into speaking a little bit about your coaching journey. Now, I've heard a lot of women that I've interviewed say that most, if not all coaches have been through their own personal struggles and journeys before making the leap into the coaching world. And of course, we've all as human beings had our fair share of shit to deal with and shit to go through in life. But what I've found through these interviews is that most of the women who are now coaches, it was a particular thing, their journey or their struggle was the catalyst for them leaping into the coaching world. Can you share a little bit about your own personal struggles and journey into the coaching world? Yeah. So when I lost my job, I thought, what am I going to do now? I really looked at all these things that I didn't want to do. I looked at all these things I can't do. And then this whole story of, and my daughter was born with a disability and the doctors put the word can't in her world. And right. I took it out. But then I looked at my life and although I took it out of hers, I didn't take it out of mine. And so I looked at, okay, what can I do? What am I really good at? What do I enjoy doing? And what are my strengths? And in that process, I realized that I wanted a business of my own. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I saw the speaker on stage and she said, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. I'm doing this. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do, but yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> and I love to speak. And so the journey of becoming a storytelling coach didn't start right away because it's been a journey. An entrepreneur has this journey, but I knew I wanted to help people. And I knew I've helped people since I was a very little girl. I didn't feel I had help on my own, but I knew I was helping others. So I really looked at what does that look like? And if I can take that word can't out of my world, like I did out of my daughter's, surely I can help others take it out of theirs and tell themselves some more positive story. And help them get their message out to the world. So it was just an obvious, I help people, I helped people, and now I'm going to coach people and I'm going to help them 
have a better life than maybe what I did or my daughters did or than what they're having. And really that idea of helping someone go from where they are to where they want to be and really listening to them. I don't know that I ever felt heard, but I can guarantee I provide that to others because I didn't have it. And quite often, a lot of coaches that I know, if they don't have something, they'll help others get it while they're getting it themselves. And so it just seemed like a natural, Susan, you've always helped people. You're going to continue to help people. You might as well become a coach. You might as well do what you're great at. And there we have it. It's funny, all these questions you ask me, and it's like, and that's it? Like, it's <laughs> so simple to me, but it's not. It's a journey. And it is a journey. And it's a daily thing of saying, I go through those stories of, I'm not good enough. I'm not yep. capable. I can't. And then I turn it around and go, yeah, Susan, you can. Yeah. And you will. Because you are. And what do you want? And refocus on that. You know, what you said earlier, refocusing on that what do you truly want your day to look like? And what's the outcome and what's the driving factor? And it all just folds together. Absolutely. Yeah. And so how have these experiences then helped shape the Susan you are today, do you think, both personally and professionally? Wow, that's a big question. I think it's helped me become who I was always meant to be. I needed to go through everything that I went through to be the woman that I am today. And I see my life still growing from here. Not too long ago, my business coach now, my everything coach now, basically said to me, Susan, do you remember the first thing you said to me when I met you? I'm like, I don't know. It was like four years ago. I have no idea. (laughs) How am I supposed to remember that? (laughs) What's that all about? And she said to me, I remember you said you were going to be the next Oprah Winfrey. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I said something probably politically incorrect, but I feel like I'm going to be the Canadian Oprah. And Mm -hmm. at some point I was like, no, I'm going to be Susan Binney. There you go. And that ability to just step into who I'm meant to be. I've had visualizations, premonitions, visions of me standing on a mountaintop and looking down and seeing all the women and men that I've empowered along the way and really helping that next generation mine and everybody else's, that next generation of people rise and be who they're meant to be and let them understand that there are no limitations. The only limitations are the stories that we tell in our head. We are our biggest hurdles. We are our biggest enemy. Yes. Our worst enemy, our worst critic, all of the things. And I think that if we are able to learn how to turn the volume down here. We also have to compete with all the external bullshit, all the external noise of others. But if you can get this under control and learn how to control that and turn it down quicker, that shit is nothing. That's a walk in the park. That's a piece of cake being able to deal with that because this is the worst one is the inner critic. Yes. So once you learn how to handle and deal with that, you're golden. Absolutely. And I think at the same time, understanding that everybody else is going through the same thing. We're so worried. I step out of my house and I go to an event and not too long ago, we didn't have these social events. We weren't able to go to them. And I walk out and I tell myself this story, like, do I want to be here? Do I, am I going to resort back to that person that was so closed in and didn't want to go outside that introvert that people look at me and go, yeah, you'll never be an introvert season ever again. (laughs) It's like, but there are days that I am. And there are days that I want to be out there, but that story that I tell myself, and you're right, it it is in here. 
But I think at the same time, when we're thinking about our story, we have to recognize that people are going through the same thing and they're not judging us. They're too busy judging themselves. Exactly. Yeah. We can't get caught up in that. People more often than are, they're not thinking about what you're doing. They don't give a shit what you're doing. It's you creating that story in your head. You building that. Yeah. What would you say is one of the biggest lessons or takeaways from your experiences that you've walked away with? Oh, there are so many. I would say the biggest one is that it's not about figuring out why it's happening or what is happening. It's about embracing what is the lesson in this and what is this teaching me? Everything we do, everything I do from the minute I wake up until the minute I go to bed, things are happening for me. They're not happening to me. They're Mm -hmm. happening for me to learn and grow and connect with those I'm meant to connect with. But then and, that that too is a huge mindset shift. <laughs> huge. <laughs> absolutely. And it hasn't always been that way. It's, and you think about it, that switching from this is happening to me to a three-letter word for me, that tiny little shift is fucking massive. Yes. And I I say, and I've written in chapters, it did happen to me. Everything has happened to me so that... I can be a better person. I can be a better coach. I can live a better life. So people that say, well, this is happening to me. You're right. But it's also happening for you so that. And I think that so that is so important. So that what? And then what is the expansion to that? It's happening to me, for me, so that I can become what? I can do what? I can And never stop questioning. Because that's where that expansive stepping into yourself really comes from. There's a lot of power in that. Yeah. For sure. How has your coaching style evolved from when you first started to now? When I first started, it was more about me. Not going to lie. It was about how do I help them? And how do I make sure they're getting what they want? And how do I speak? How do I listen? How do I? Now I got in touch in 2020. I, I got in touch with the spiritual world. And I didn't try, it just happened. And then when I took different courses and Akashic Records and all of that, I realized that I have had this power of empathically, intuitively connecting with others and listening to them and hearing what they have to say, seeing that outside of the box for them and recognizing all I have to do is step in to that space and be that presence for them. And so it's really now all about them. And I mean, I always say I live my life selfishly. I do my business selfishly because I empower others so that I'm empowered. Mm -hmm. And when I'm empowered, I'm a better person. I feel better. But I want to say I try less. I don't think it's that. I think it's more, I've learned to step into the greatness of Susan Binney. I've learned to step into who I need to be for anyone on the other end of a call, on the other end of uh, a group coaching program, on the other end of a chapter in my book, it's more focused on the client, the other side. And when I can hold space for others in a magical way, in a powerful way, and connect with their spirit, if that's what they need, connect with their higher power, if that's what they need, then it becomes less about me and more about them. And so that's really the big shift. What would you say are three of the most important lessons you've learned so far in your career as a coach? Listen, that's one of the biggest ones. Help them on a level that they want to be helped. So 
it's not about contriving to make sure that they get the results you want them to have. <laughs> yeah. It's about helping them get the results they need and mm -hmm. really so listening to that and then helping them glean what they need. So that's kind of one thing, but there's two in there. And then I think the other big one is help people understand that they can do anything that they want to do on their terms for themselves. Because I learned that lesson. I know what my definition of success is, and I'm fulfilling that definition. I'm not fulfilling yours or society's or anyone else's. So it's about helping them understand that however they define perfection, success, that those are the things that you need to live up to. Because I was always living up to everyone else's expectations of Susan Binney. So that's the biggest one. But the listening, the helping them understand, and then really jumping into that what can you do? And, and who are you? Susan, because you coach in so many different areas or arenas of life, you've got your empowerment coaching and storytelling coach. And what, in your opinion, is one of the most important qualities or skill sets in a coach? I keep coming back to listening. I keep coming back to helping pull out of them by listening to what they're saying and understanding what they need, helping pull out of them the greatness in them because we also often don't see it for ourselves. I joke about story. Well, I can tell you what story to tell. I can tell you what the powerful words are, what you need to know, everything that needs to go in that. But then when it comes to Susan Binney's story, well, <laughs> sometimes not so much. It's that mechanic whose car sits outside and is never fixed. It's yeah. that bookkeeper whose books are never done properly. And just being ever present. Let's jump into the mindset stuff, the work, the mindset work. I love this stuff. Being a mindset expert, coach, can you speak to how important a part mindset has played in helping you personally through your struggles and journey and just how important mindset is to our daily routines and successes? Mindset for me is so huge. And I think the, the biggest example of this is to share a quick little story yeah. of how I was convinced when my doctor said to me after some kidney stuff I had going on last year. And then I had pains this year. And it's like, same place. It's got to be kidney. It's got to be this. It's got to be that. And I was convinced that what happened on my right side last year was happening on my left side this year. And the doctor listened and said, well, it must be. It has to be. And did the tests. And yes, there's an enlarged this. And there's this. And there's this. Never dreamed that it had something to do with something as simple as issues with my colon. And they did a colonoscopy, routine tests. They did a colonoscopy and they were like, oh yeah, you've got this diverticula starting and there's problems in your colon. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, so the pain has to do with what I eat? Oh, so if I eat the wrong things, then I'm going to be in more pain? Okay, well, that's easy. And so it's knowledge is power. When we understand, and I think this is a very simplified, but very great analogy to think about the mind and your mindset shift. If you think you're in pain, you're going to be. If you think you can't pick something up because you have back pain, I've lived it my entire life. And my husband is very good about picking stuff up if I'm not able to. But the more I give into that story and that mindset of, I can't do that. I need someone's help. Someone's going to be there every time to help me. Then I'm not going to do it on my own. And I'm going to think that I'm not capable. And so that's really my journey around mindset is that if I tell myself 
I'm a duck and I quack like a duck and I waddle like a duck and I drink like a duck. I become a duck. So it's about telling yourself who you are and what you want to be acting as if it's already happened potentially, but more so living the life that you need to live, doing the things you need to live, having that mindset that you are that person, as opposed to saying and getting stuck in that story of, and I think this is why I talk with about story and, and story coaching, as well as the storytelling, because it plays into your mind. If you're not telling yourself this positive story, then your mind is going to go, yeah, I can't do it. I'm not capable. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. And your whole body is just going to give into that. Yeah. But if your mind stays strong and your mind stays empowered, then your body can stay strong and your presence is stronger, your confidence is stronger. And then it's this cyclical cycle, but it starts with that mind. And that's why it's so important to think. And this is what, this was my biggest shift. I want to say is to think I matter. My life matters. And here's why. And then there's the difference. Because until I shifted into my life matters so that me getting out of bed today matters for somebody else so that me having the life I want makes me a happy person. And that matters to me because I matter to the world. Huge. An important shift. Yeah, it is. It's an important shift for sure. Mindset is often described as the foundation for success in all areas of life. How do you define a powerful mindset and what are the key elements or practices that you encourage your clients to cultivate in order to achieve it? Four simple things. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Yes, I am. What do I want? So you think about reverse engineering your life. What do I want my life to look like? What do I want the day to look like? What do I want the big picture to look like? What can I do on a daily basis to make that happen? What will I do? to put into action to make that happen. And who are you? And again, it sounds simple and it's not so much. And I, I encourage people to start with all the things they can do and remind themselves of the importance of just because you can doesn't mean you have to or doesn't mean you should. Someone mentioned to me the other day, Susan, you should have your own podcast and you should have guests and you should talk about this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but there's the tech behind it and there's the, <laughs> the time frame and the, I don't know that I want to do that. And then I rose above that and that mindset shift that rose above that says, what am I great at? I'm a great conversationalist. I'm great at connecting with people. I'm a great speaker. I'm a great storyteller. Get someone else to do the tech. Get someone else to do all of those things. And then the money comes into play. Oh, well, then it's going to cost me money. And it's good. Again, go back to the simple, what can you do? What will you do to get there? Who are you and what do you want? Because if you step into who you are, the money, the mindset, the life, those around you will shift into that which you are becoming, that yeah. you are, right? I love that. The way. What is one tip or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately in order to start reconditioning their mind for the success they want in life? First tip and biggest tip, and it kind of branches off is define success for you. What does your success look like? I will be successful when, and it's not just one thing. Yeah. Make a list of all the things. I will be successful when I survive my kids. They survive me. <laughs> I already classify myself as a very successful person, but I know that there is still this level of success that I want to know that I can buy whatever I want, whenever I want for whatever I need to, and help others. And so I'm not quite there yet, right? 
I don't want to put everything on a credit card and then figure out how to pay it off continually like so many people live. I want to just know that there's that disposable income to help and to be and to go and do whatever I choose to do and become the Susan Binney of the world. And so that key tip of just understanding what success is for you and achieving it. Putting in the work and doing it, making it happen. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your journey into empowerment coaching. What I'd love to know what your definition of an empowerment coach is and what do you do in your work with your clients as an empowerment coach? Again, I think my definition of empowering somebody else is to understand what it is that they want and empowering them to get there. So it's about helping them with the tools that they specifically need because everybody learns at a different level. So it's helping someone learn at their own level to rise to the level they want to become, whoever they want to become, whatever they want to become. And then it's about taking them through that journey and through those steps. Not too long ago, I coached a woman and she's like, well, my husband had an affair and I don't want to leave him. And it's good for the kids that he's around, but I can't look at him in the face and I'm not happy with who he is. I'm like, okay, so what do you want that to look like? How do we empower you to feel like a powerful person and to stand every day in the positive power of what that is? And in the end, her husband couldn't live in the same house, but he would always be the father of those children and he would always be a part of her life. And I helped her understand that when she's able to gain her own power and achieve the life that she wants through the actions that she takes she can live an empowered life. And so I think that's really it. Once you understand what it is you want and you're able to take those small actions to become the power that's going to make you feel and believe in yourself again, that's truly what it is to be empowered. Now, of course, when we do speak of empowerment, self-love is going to automatically be tied and brought into that conversation. So in your opinion, I'd love to hear what are the differences, because I think we can get this twisted up and and confused. What is the difference between self-love and self-care in your opinion? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is something that I've really dug into again in the last two, three years. Self-love is loving everything about yourself. Loving that inner critic is going to come out, loving that you are going to have bad days and good days, but it's a part of who you are. Loving what you look like, understanding that you're not supposed to be. For me, I'm never going to be a tiny little stick that weighs 100 pounds, 150 pounds. I weigh close to 300 pounds and I'm proud of it. And Mm -hmm. there's so much of me to love. And I'm so grateful that I get to be in the world and have the presence I have. And that's loving self Self-care is about the little things that are going to help you love who you are. So what do you need today to be happy within your own skin? Breathing, meditating. It's not just about the spa days and the bubble baths and the haircuts. <laughs> I was waiting and, for that. Right? The haircuts <laughs> yeah. and the bubble baths and all yeah. of that. But that's a part of it. It's about caring for yourself from the inside out so that you can feel loved and you can feel like you love self. So they can go together. They don't have to. But in my opinion, they're usually synonymous with each other. I just recently got a haircut and I know it wasn't a huge change to a lot of people. But for me, I was like, my life's going to be so much easier throughout the summer. 
because I just have to throw a headband on. I, I don't have this long hair coming down. I, I'm going to throw a bag on my shoulder. It's not going to cut into my hair. And so for me, that was self-care. I was yeah. taking care of myself so that I can love myself more and have that life that I want to have. One feeds right into the other. It does. Yeah. But they are yeah. different. And yeah. to recognize what the, what the difference is. Now, I've had quite a few conversations as of late about self-love and the importance of it. And the fact that everything, absolutely everything in life starts with the foundation of self. We are so often told, though, and have been conditioned throughout our lives, whether it be parental, societal, religious, that loving ourselves is selfish, and putting ourselves first is selfish. That self-care and self-love is selfish. With all of that being said, can you share a couple of tips that listeners can implement immediately to start their journey into self-love? Yeah. Be selfish. <laughs> it's your life. It's about you. It's, you know, the, the old adage, if mama ain't happy, nobody happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're not happy and you're not taking care of yourself and you're not loving yourself and you're not taking care of you first and understanding. Okay. This is just coming up out of nowhere here. Understanding. Oh, this is heavy for me. Understanding that when you understand how to love you and everything about you and taking care of you, then you can help other people understand how to love and take care of you too. But you need to do it first. So I say be selfish and do what makes you happy now. Don't wait for happiness. Happiness is in everything around you. And if breathing the fresh air outside is something you haven't done for a while, I would encourage you to go out and breathe some fresh air and connect with nature. The land came first. We came second. And that happened for a reason. I know I have to remind myself of that. And know that when you're in that busy daily grind... If you don't slow down and stop, that's where burnout happens. That's where depression happens. That's where anxiety happens. You control your life and you get to choose what makes you happy and lights you up. So I think that's just the biggest tip I can leave to somebody is be selfish because mm -hmm. it's about you. We have to start making that shift out of the busy work and the hustle culture bullshit. It is so much shit. It's horrible. And we need to learn to slow down, like you said, and take the time to invest in yourself and your care and take the time to celebrate our wins, which is another thing that we don't typically do. We're so busy crossing items off the to-do list. And then it's as soon as we cross those over, it's like, okay, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. No, slow down and celebrate those fucking wins. Celebrate. Hey, I got three things accomplished today. I'm proud of that. And I'm happy that I was able to do that. That's part of self-care celebrating. And again, it feeds into the fact that when you do that is a permission slip for those around you to also know that it's okay to celebrate. And it's yes. that ripple effect again, right? Yes. And on that list that I've said to people to do, what can I do? The very first one, I can celebrate me. On your to-do list, the very first one, celebrate yourself. And then it becomes that part of that mindset shift and that story you tell yourself on a daily I, I used to, I don't now because it beca it's become part of my practice. I put an alarm in my phone and the title of the alarm was celebration time. And sometimes it was 30 seconds. Sometimes it was five minutes. 
And it usually started with a hoo-hoo. <laughs> I'm amazing. I'm still living. I'm still alive. Yeah, that's huge. Celebrating who you are. Yes. It is. And another thing I like, I've, I interviewed someone recently and we were talking about this kind of thing and the to-do list. And she said, you know what? If you just shift one letter or two letters in that and call it the ta-da list, that way it's not so focused mm-hmm. on crossing those tasks off. It's like, yes, ta-da, I completed this. And that's it. That's the way we got to look at it. Yes, so that absolutely. That's a very interesting twist. Absolutely. And it's amazing. I teach about the power of words and the power of stepping into the power of your story and standing in the power of your story, the power of your truth. And if you need those small little words to shift slightly, like the ta-da to the to-do, right? And for me, it's a get done list. It's not a to-do list because I feel like I'm always doing stuff, but I'm never getting anything done. (laughs) So for me, I shifted it to the get done list. And my goal is to make sure I get done one thing a day Mm -hmm. and everything else is a bonus. There you go. And so this is a great segue into the storytelling. In your journey as a storytelling coach, what are a few of the challenges you face when it comes to helping your clients tell their stories and how do you help them overcome those challenges? I think the biggest challenge that people face in that storytelling is to recognize that, and here we go, this is going to be a big lesson for me at the same time. As I'm speaking it, I'm going to hear it because I tell so many other people this and all of a sudden there's this download coming, Susan, hear this for you. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the story you're telling yourself, the story you're telling the rest of the world, the story that you're telling on stage, the story you're telling about your business, it needs to be the best possible story for the outcome you want. But understanding there's a thread that goes through every single story you have, whether it's something that you're telling yourself this story, I can't speak from stage. Well, why is that? Well, I'm not good enough. Oh, well, why is that? Well, because when I was little, I was told that I wasn't good enough. Oh, okay. And you believe that? Well, it had to be true. It came from an authority figure. Okay. And you've been telling yourself that your entire life. So there's the threads that go through that. And one of the biggest challenges is helping people recognize that one of the biggest stories that has happened to them has made them be who they are today. And they don't have to share that story, but there are pieces of that story that needs to be shared for a better relationship, a better connection, a better business, better everything. And don't get stuck on, well, I don't want to ostracize this one person in my life that told me this and made my life a bad outcome. Okay, well, then don't share that person's name. Don't share the relationship. But Mm -hmm. it's still a pivotal piece that needs to be shared. And so it's really understanding that thread that goes through it, the emotion that's there, and the point of why you're telling it. And again, I think there's this misconception, especially in the entrepreneurial community, there's been a misconception for a very long time, and people are starting to get it right. But there's been this misconception that there has to be this traumatic, huge, life-shattering story that got you to do what you do. Well, maybe, but if it doesn't tie to it, then don't tell it. I worked with this one woman and she was stuck on, I want to tell the story about cancer. And my dad who survived cancer and my mom who died of cancer. And I want to share that. I'm like, okay, so what is the work you do? I sell makeup. Okay. How do you tie that to it? Well, I just, I need people to know that my dad had and my mom had. And I said, so are you wanting to share with them that you're a victim? Are you wanting to share with them the emotion? What is it that you want them to understand in that? Because I don't understand how that ties to selling makeup. 
And after we worked for a very long time, I said, explain to me why you sell makeup. Well, it's a good multi-level marketing thing and I make lots of money and okay, but why do you sell it? What is it about me? You don't even wear a lot of makeup. Well, I don't wear a lot of makeup because when I was little, my, my mom, well, she had a very bad skin condition and she always wore a lot of makeup to cover it up, but the makeup made her skin condition worse. And I'm like, okay, so understand what you're telling me. You're selling makeup to people and helping them know how to use it so that it's better for them to live the life that they want to live. Oh, I said, tell your mom's story and say how proud you were of her. And maybe she overcame cancer. She died of cancer, whatever that tie that in a little bit, but it's not this big story. So it's really understanding what is the best possible story to help convey the message, whether it be to yourself, your friends, your family, or those that are meant to work with you. And it's really, it's helping them understand on their level. Sometimes I get angry with them. It's like, okay, come on. <laughs> if you can explain to me why there's a tie here. Please do. <laughs> then please do and, and we'll work it in. But if you cannot explain why that particular story ties to the work that you do, like, yes, it's a horrific story. And I've got this big, long story of how having a massive kidney stone that blocked my kidney and I went through life-saving surgery a year ago, May, I didn't think I was going to be on this planet, never mind on this call. But that's not really the story of why I do what I do. Yeah, It's helped me yeah. understand different things and it can help me in certain circumstances, but it's really getting to that core of what's the best possible story to share. So what are a couple of the benefits of working with a storytelling coach? I would say the biggest benefit is honing in and seeing the outside of the box so that you get that outcome that you want. It's again, it's not just about going to a networking meeting and, hey, this is what I do. This is why I do it. This is who I am. And this is how I help others. Oh, you're not interested. Okay, move on. It's about creating relationships and understanding that, again, whether you're creating a story with yourself, that's going to empower you and take you to that next level, that's going to shift your mindset, whether it's telling a story about who you are and what you do and why you do that. And maybe they're not the person. And this is the big thing that a lot of people don't get. I figured this out throughout my course of learning all of what I've learned in storytelling and telling story from when I was really little. I used to talk to be heard and I can speak to be heard, but there's a difference between speaking to be heard and speaking to gain a relationship and truly telling that story and having a storytelling coach help you understand the best possible way to tell it in the best possible order that you will then have a much easier way of connecting to everything in your life so that it doesn't become this grind. I want to say we hire a business coach to help us put the right pieces of foundation in place so that we can have a successful business. You hire a storytelling coach so that you have the best possible story in the best possible order with the most powerful words for you that blend to you and they can see it where you sometimes can't so that you have the best possible outcome in your business, in your life, in your relationships. Everything that happens to us on a daily basis is a story that we're going to tell somebody else. 100%. But, but you need to recognize why you're telling it. And yeah. sometimes we can't see that outside of the box. And we need that storytelling coach to jump in and say, okay, here's why you're sharing it. And here's what you want. Again, it comes back to that. What do you want your life to look like? What do you yeah. What are you trying to create? What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Susan? Listening, connecting, 
and being present to the moment and hearing the underlying story, uncovering the bullshit, if you will. I've lived so much. I've lived 56 years. And again, I go back to what I said before, everything that I've experienced, I've had to so that I can be who I am today and applying lessons that I've learned and other people have learned and stories I've heard from others to help others grow and become. And I remember everything. <laughs> Sometimes it's a bit of a torture, but for the most part, it's a gift. And just that superpower of being that, how do I say, the magical conduit to have somebody's story flow through me and me then share back to them the way I've heard it and the way I understand it to give them that power. Yeah, I, I think that's a very unique thing with me is that I do, I hear things from other people. And if I don't understand, usually I understand it. If I don't yeah. understand it because they haven't told it in a concise way, I'll be like, are you trying to tell me this? No. Okay, well, let's let that flow through me. I'm going to share it back to you. I'm going to take the beginning, put mm -hmm. it at the end, take the middle, put it near the beginning, and then add a few words with power and say it back to you. And they usually are like, well, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> that's amazing. And it just comes natural. It's, it's yeah. a gift that I've developed that I am good at. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Damn, I knew you were going to tell, ask me that. <laughs> success to me is very multifaceted. To live on a daily basis the way I want to experience life is truly success for me. There's money in that. There's family in that. There's travel in that. As long as I know that when I leave this planet for my next destination... I leave this time for the next time. Someone is going to say, my life is a little bit better because I came in contact with Susan Binney. That's successful to me. Yes. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? The most important thing I learned was that I can do anything I set my mind to. That what I have been telling my daughter, my daughters, my son, my husband for years, when I applied that to my own life and focusing on what I can do and not what I can't do, that's got to be the most powerful time of my life. And it's, it's a journey. It wasn't just one day I said, I can do this and I did it. But it's changed me because I'm not the victim. I'm not the woman who gave birth to a daughter with a disability. I am not the wife of a veteran who lives with PTSD. I am not the entrepreneur that has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and not gotten to where I want. I am the victor of my life. And I have had these experiences and I've learned from every single one of them so that I can become the entrepreneur I want to be. I can be successful beyond measure. I can have a loving relationship with my husband without labels. I can have daughters who say, mom, you're the best mother in the world. And I get to know that they chose me to be their mom because mm -hmm. I was going to help them understand that they don't have chronic pain and disabilities. They have challenges that they have to overcome so that they can be who they're meant to be. And that's a huge shift. Even as I'm speaking it and hearing it, you bring out the best in me, ask the right questions. And another definition of a great coach, <laughs> ask the right questions, get the right answers to help them be who they are. But that day that I knew 
I had to take can't out of my world and turn it into can. And then as I teach it to others, help them recognize that maybe the word can't isn't that negative word for them. Mm -hmm. But there's another one that's even more powerful for them that's keeping them stuck and blocked because that's what it was doing to me. It, it yeah. kept stuck and blocked for a long time. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing, okay? How would you describe yourself in one word? Yeah, next, next. <laughs> you can't pass. <laughs> <laughs> one word, compassionate. What is your favorite self-care practice? A two and a half hour bath. A two and very precise, two and a half hours. Usually that's what it works out to. <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? You can do anything. Believe in you. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? Yes, you can. Yes, you will. Yes, you are. What never fails to make you laugh? A bad dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> What is the best compliment you can give yourself? I love me and hug me. Beautiful. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is one lesson that your career has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? Not rapid fire. Yeah, yes, no. I can. Yes, you can. The lesson is not to try and figure out how you can. Just jump in and do and be and learn it along the way. We get so caught up in that it's not the right time or it's no, I can't do it right. No, if you keep saying that, you will never fucking do it. You have to just jump in and figure it out as you go. Yeah. Right? It's like being a parent. The kids aren't sent home with manuals. You have to figure it out. Yes, of course, we have some teachings along the way that we take from our parents, the good ones, the, some bad ones, it happens. But really, you have to figure that out as you're doing it. So why is it any different for anything else in life? I mean, that is the most important role you're ever going to play in life is a parent. And so I try to wrap my head around why I've done it too. Why do we do that to ourselves? No, I can't do it yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. You're never going to be fucking ready. You just have to do it. Yeah, we do that to ourselves because we're given too much time to think about it. Stop thinking about it. Just do it. Just be yeah. it. Become it. And don't overanalyze. I mean, this goes back to your rapid fire questions. You're like, well, there's no pass. I, I wanted to help because I was thinking about what is the best possible description in this moment? And I'm like, nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. That's not it. But if it was a life or death thing, if mm -hmm. you had to answer something or you were going to die, if you had to answer something or you would have to pass in a million dollars, you just yeah. jump in and do it. Yeah, you wouldn't of course think you would. about it. So I want to say think less and learn more. I love that you said the whole overthinking thing because I, I am a classic overthinker. I'll admit that right here. I am a huge overthinker. And I heard a quote yesterday. I was listening to the radio. I heard this quote. And I thought, fuck, this is brilliant. He said, overthinking is the art of creating problems that do not exist. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and I thought that is fucking profound. Like wow. that is incredible. Yes. I got to write that down. Yeah. I put it in my phone because it's like, holy shit. Yes, this is it right here. Yeah. Powerful, right? And, and why do we do that? So that we can keep ourselves small. We can keep ourselves safe. We can yep. keep our, right? Yep. <laughs> but again, okay, this is some advice for you, Brad. If you trust in your higher self, if you trust in God, the universe, whatever it is that you believe in, you trust that 
the worst possible situation you've ever been in, you've gotten out of it. It's not because you didn't overthink it. <laughs> it's because you overthought it and somebody said, uh-uh, you're just going to survive. You're yeah. going to be okay. And so if we believe that we're going to be okay no matter what, and don't create those problems that don't exist, we don't have to stress about it. We don't have to be depressed about it. We don't have to have anxiety over it. Just be like, wow. Yeah. I think that is my favorite quote. Yes. <laughs> it is so, because it resonated so much with me because I do overthink. It's like, holy shit. It's true. Yeah. It, it just really drove it home for me when I heard the DJ say that on the radio last night. It's like, yes. <laughs> brilliant. Just brilliant. Yeah. And so do you think now that he is successful because he has changed at least two people's lives? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. In 24 hours. He's in, yeah. He's impacted two people that we know of. Yeah. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? I want to flip it. Instead of asking the best, what is the worst? <laughs> the worst piece of advice. Don't do that because you're going to get hurt. And I think that came from my dad. I don't know what the context was, but I remember thinking, well, I can't cross the street because I might get hit by a car or I can't do that because something bad's going to happen. But if I don't do it, I'm never going to know. What is something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the last year? I'm smarter than I expected I could ever be. I have more knowledge in me that needs to be shared that others need to listen to. And it was after I gave advice to my son-in-law, my future son-in-law. And he said, wow, I didn't know that. It was something tech. And he's like, yeah. wow, I didn't know that. I'm like, I'm smarter than I thought. And he goes, <laughs> you're more powerful and more intelligent than you ever have given yourself credit for. Yeah. It's beautiful to hear things like that reflected back because we don't see it. Yeah. Sometimes it takes that person outside of us. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Oprah Winfrey. So I can understand more about her journey the goods, the bads, the uglies, and really understand what it is about her that I want to be. Just have a, a knowledge of, am I ever going to be there? And does she feel that she was there? If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Okay. Well, first of all, I, I probably wouldn't because it would change <laughs> the course of my life. But if I had to go back and give one piece of advice... The biggest piece would be believe in you and the rest will take care of itself. Powerful. Lastly, Susan, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Stand in the power of who you are, in the power of your story, whether it's a good story or a bad story, understand the lessons that it's teaching you and helping you understand what you can do what you will do, and who you are. Beautiful. Susan, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story, your journey, and the beautiful light you put out into the world through the work you do. You are a truly beautiful, inspirational human being, woman, and soul. I appreciate you. I am grateful to have you as a member of the Powerography community and to call you a friend. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us today. You're welcome. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Susan Binney. She is a three-time best-selling author, 
a motivational speaker, a mindset, empowerment, and storytelling coach. Thanks so much, Susan. I hope you have a beautiful rest of the day. Awesome. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.